born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. But anyway, take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And chapter 19, Acts chapter 19. We're going to look there in verse 21, just a couple verses here, and then get into uh, another situation where the Apostle Paul is on the road again. He's moving on. There's about four things especially that's mentioned here in a couple of these verses. You see, um, uh, one says there in verse 21, After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he was kind of laying out a little bit of his itinerary, where he wants to go. You see, he had a, a vision, he had a dream, he had desires. He would plan and map it out and then leave it up to God to change it as he went. So sometimes that's what we do. We say, I want to go here and I want to do this and I want to do that. And as you begin to move, if God wants to uh, block it, he'll kind of put a, a roadblock in the way and move you this direction, move you that direction. But it's a lot easier to steer a car when the car is moving. It's hard to guide people when they're not going anywhere at all. So always be on the move with the Lord and be willing to do what you can with what you have where you are. And if you'll be faithful where you are, uh, then God will open up another door. But if you're not faithful in little bitty things, then you won't be faithful in big things. So don't think that little things are not important. That's what God uses to judge your faithfulness. Do you faithfully do the little things that he wants you to do? And then do it with all your heart. But I want you to kind of see this here in uh, where he makes a statement that he had to pass through Macedonia. Just take a moment. Just turn there in your Bible to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. Now we know that he was supposed to go through uh, Macedonia and kind of pick up some of the, the offerings for the poor saints at Jerusalem. So he went there and took up their gifts. And you'll see that the gifts were called fruit because it's something that came from you that's going to go to someone else. And you'll notice there in verse 1 of chapter 16. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. 
On the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. In other words, I'm coming, and I'm expecting you to help with those poor saints at Jerusalem. And if you read these Second uh, Corinthians in chapter 8 and chapter 9, uh, just take a quick glance over there in chapter 8. And you'll notice there in Second Corinthians in chapter 8, in verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. In other words, they didn't have much. They were having a lot of poverty there. But they were willing to take of their substance and to give it to the poor saints that were in Jerusalem. But it says the thing that was impressive is it says in verse 5, This they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And chapter 8 and chapter 9 are very awesome to read. But look there also in the book of Romans, the book of Romans, in Romans in chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Because you see, he said, I want to go to Macedonia, and the reason is because they was collecting up the money they needed for the, the poor saints of Jerusalem. Well, why was the saints of Jerusalem so poor? Well, they believed that in the original beginning, that because they believed the Lord was coming back soon, and they knew that wealth had no meaning to them except to use it for the Lord. So they were willing to take that which they had and give it for the Lord's work. So when you read the book of Acts, the first couple chapters there, it talks about how the, when they came together, uh, they even sold their homes and took the prophets and gave it to the apostles. And they were using that to help and to minister to those that didn't have and no doubt to help get the gospel out. What a price they paid. They gave up so much so that others could benefit from them. And then Paul made the statement, I want to go to Jerusalem. Got to go to Jerusalem. They wanted to be there for the, the great feast day. And then he said, I, I want to go to Rome. He says, and then after he goes to Rome, now it's not mentioned here in the book of Acts where we are, but he does say in the book of Romans in chapter 15 that I, also, I want to go to Spain. Now whether he ever got to Spain or not, I don't know. Because I know he was in prison there in Rome. And whether or not that was temporary, and he got out and went to Spain, came back, and then wound up getting his head chopped off there in, in Rome, I, I don't know. But anyway, in the book of Romans in chapter 15, look what he says in verse 19. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Paul was always about going where no man has ever gone before with the gospel. And so back in those days, you know, there wasn't a church on every corner. And a lot of people never heard the gospel, but there were Jews that had been there and scattered throughout. And so there were little pockets here and there because the Jews that came to Jerusalem had heard about the Lord. 
and many had trusted Christ as Savior. So uh, the word was getting out. But then he makes this statement there in verse 21. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. Now, this is what Paul was about. You want people to see and to understand. And you know, their only hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we do what we do. I'll have to admit in the times in which we live, there's so much that I love to dwell on when it comes to government and everything that goes on in the Middle East. I could talk on that stuff for the rest of my life because I get caught up into it. I guess you could say even a prophecy. I love prophecy. And most people who love souls love prophecy because, you know, the importance of getting the gospel out and prophetic things challenge and motivate you. But you also know that if you try to turn the country around, you can fight all the different battles. There's so many battles. And you have to pick and choose which ones you're going to fight. And it probably would tickle more people's ears. They would love it more if you would maybe hit on all that other stuff. And you can. But then you also got a way, when you say that, you've got to eliminate something else you could be saying and teaching from the Bible. So preachers have a difficult time sometimes trying to stick with the book, and then you see what's going on, and you want to cover all of that too. But you know sometimes, if you know everything that's going on in this world, and I was the greatest history teacher that you've ever listened to, it's probably not going to change one iota of how you live. This book is supposed to teach us how to live regardless of what's going on in this world. You and I may never live long enough to change everything. And if I understood all the prophecies, and you knew it all, is it going to change your life? Is it going to make you serve the Lord even more so? Will it make you a better witness for the Lord if you knew that? Or if you knew the, what the Word of God says, if I knew nothing more, then there's a heaven and there's a hell. And I know the gospel. And people are going to die. Where are they going to spend eternity? If that's all I knew... That would probably be enough because that's the most important thing when it's all over with. So when we come to the Lord, there's so many things that we could do, but we must remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing, the main thing. And so here in the book of Romans, I want you to see this in verse 22. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. I wanted to, but I've been hindered. Then he makes the statement in verse 23, But now having no more place in these parts, having a great desire these many years to come unto you, thought he's writing this to those in Rome, whenever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I will trust to see you in my journey. And to be brought on my way, the other word, by you. I want to come see you, and then I'm expecting you to send me on my way, to finance me, to pay for me to go and do even more. And if you'll notice up there in verse 28, when therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. In other words, he had taken some money 
from those that were in Macedonia. See down there, look real quickly in verse 25. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them, verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. And that's why I've got something that I've collected. And I'm going to go to Jerusalem and to deliver this which was given to me for those poor saints at Jerusalem. And I want to go to Rome. And when I go to Rome, I, I want to go to Spain. And like I said, I don't know if he ever got to Spain. But wouldn't it be neat Here's Paul, who lived a good while and had a great ministry. But as he said toward the end, and he wasn't that old, he says, I have finished my course. I've run my race now. I fought a good fight. He knew that he was at the closing end of his life. But anyway, as we look at some of these scriptures, you'll find out that there's a lot of things that you will experience as you go through life. And you can lay out your plans, and God can weave his will in your life. So he had desires and what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go. I've done the same thing. And I've looked back over my life, and I'd wonder, boy, this has been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And if I had to try to prove to anybody that everything that I did was the will of God, I haven't got a clue how to do it. Because you live your life, and the Bible says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. You see, you've got desires. And I believe God can give you the desires to do certain things. Because God wants you to serve him more than anything else in the world. And if you'll take those desires and just start following them, you'd be surprised how God will just open up things. And yet there's problems all over the place. I mean, just one chaos after the other. But God is good. Go back here to the book of Acts in chapter 19. He says, anyway, I, that's what I want to do. And in verse 22, he says, So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus, for he stayed himself in Asia for a season. Now, in Romans 16, 23, it actually just refers to him as it's like a treasure. Uh, he's somebody that could be trusted to carry with the money. And he went with the Apostle Paul on many of these things. And you don't hear about him until now, but he is talked about later on, like in Romans 16, 23, I mentioned. Look in verse 23. And the same time there arose no small stir about that way. In other words, the others, they got out of there, but uh, Paul was still here. And chaos was unleashed. And whether or not this is the... Uh, the same problem that happened because of a guy named Alexandria that later on, he says, caused me much harm, caused me much harm. But he was the Alexander the coppersmith. But here we're talking about a man named Demetrius. And this man was a, uh, a silversmith. He made money because he made trinkets and he made shrines. Uh, he uh, was into silver and forming and shaping it. For all those people that worship the goddess of the Ephesians, Diana, Artemis, another name for it. 
But it says there in verse 24, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. Now, I want you to do this. In, in verse 23, the word that way, that way. Uh, it's mentioned twice here in this chapter. And uh, remember, there's a verse in the book of John chapter 14 and verse 6, where it talks about Jesus made the statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they refer to that way, that way. There's something about what the apostles did and the believers, the disciples talked that, that way or the way. Uh, it's also mentioned right there in uh, chapter 19. Look at verse 9. And when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, the way that you and I live should be the right way, the true way, the way that we ought to go. You see, if you was to take all the right and put it into a, a little list and you start doing everything that's right, it becomes a path of righteousness. So sometimes when you don't know what to do and which way to go, sometimes you just take all the right that you know to do, just start doing nothing but right, whatever is right, because you know the will of God will never lead you wrong. It'll always be right. It'll always be according to the word of God. But anyway, if you look there, and that's where it says, there was no small stir about that way. And what he's talking about is the way that the apostle Paul lived, what he preached, was causing a problem. And so this man had a wonderful testimony among the heathen, among the lost. They knew who he was. And so... This coppersmith or silversmith, it got all those together that was of the same occupation. And said, hey, brother, hey, we're in trouble. You know, we make our money making all these little idols and stuff. And this Paul is preaching and getting these people here in Ephesus to not believe. And therefore, are these people going to stop buying these silver idols from us. And this is our livelihood. Have you ever heard that um, the love of money is the root of all evil? It sure is. All you got to do is read this chapter. Because the love of money was their motivation. Now, they weren't doing this because they were so in love with the sex goddess Diana. But because it was hitting their pocketbook. So he says here, in verse 24, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, uh, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. In other words, they made a lot of money. Because, see, the temple of Artemis was the, she was the Diana, is what they call her. It was the mother of gods and man. Now, they had built a temple to this Diana. And this temple was about 400 and 25 feet long, and 220 feet wide, and um, had all these columns that were built. It had 127 columns. Each one of them were made out of marble, and 50, 60 feet tall. And uh, took, they said, about 220 years from to build this temple. So you're talking about one huge temple. And so they worshipped the god of Diana. And it says, 
brought no small gain, means they made a lot of money from this. Verse 25, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, says, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. This is how we make money. See, there's a lot of people that are supposedly in the Lord's work for the purpose of making money. And there's a lot of people just ripping others off because they can make good money because of the ignorance of individuals. If you know the truth, they couldn't get you. They can only get ignorant people because they don't know the truth. And people are like cattle, like sheep. That's what God says. And so there's people that are just easily taken in, and there's a lot of preachers that just reap, and that's all they're interested in is, is the money. As the Bible says in Peter, talking about merchandise of the people. And this is what they do. All this is, has to merchandise, making money, keeping people steeped in religion, religion that has no value to it. I want you to look at this verse with me. It's um, in the book of uh, Psalms 135. Look back in Psalms 135. Psalms 135. And look at in verse 14. Psalms 135, verse 14. For the Lord will judge his people, and he will repent himself concerning his servants. The idols of the heathen. The idols of the heathen. So I don't know as that Paul went attacking as much as he went proclaiming the truth, the gospel. And when people saw the truth, they could see the air. So he says here, the idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouth. That they make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. Now, look in a 115th Psalm, 115th Psalm, and look there in verse 8, 115th Psalm, and look in verse 8. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. In other words, they're like, as the scripture talks about, dumb idols. Dumb idols. Look in First Corinthians in chapter eight. First Corinthians in chapter eight. First Corinthians in chapter eight. Look there in verse four. As you see, as he talks to the people here that are at Corinth when he wrote this letter to them in verse four. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is what? Nothing. It's nothing. Nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. There's only one true and living God. See, the apostle Paul not only had to lead people to the Lord, but they were steeped in religion. And then you start teaching the truth, and then when you read the book of Thessalonians, where he talks about 
that they not only trust the Lord, but to deliver them from worshiping of idols, chapter 1. So there is something about what God says. When you see the truth and know the truth, even though the Apostle Paul, do you see why they wanted to kill this guy? He pulled no punches. He could not do what he did if he was afraid to die. And even though he might have been afraid to die, and he says he was even with these people in fear and in much trembling, but he loved truth more. See, we're supposed to live for the Lord and follow truth regardless of where it may lead. Follow truth regardless of where it leads. We don't have to determine the outcome of how it's going to work. Just serve the Lord and let God deal with all the rest of it. So it's, uh, it's an important thing. And um, while we're right there, in, uh, look in chapter 12. Chapter 12. And look in verse 2, where he makes a statement. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these, what kind of idols? These dumb idols, even as ye were led. You were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. Now, he was reaching now into the pockets of these silversmiths. People that made money off of all that stuff. So when people know the truth, you know, they begin to try to correct a few things. And they realize, I I don't need this idol. This is what was going on here. See, when you see the truth and you understand, you know, I don't need that. I don't need to do that anymore. I'm not trying to earn my way to heaven. It's such an eye-opener to people who've never heard it before. That's why the most powerful message in the world that can change people's lives, how they live, is the truth of that simple message of the gospel. When people can see it and understand it, and it, it changed my whole life. I wasn't in idol worship except myself. I just look into the mirror and I say, you tiger, you don't you ever die. Okay, well, maybe I didn't do exactly like that, but. I decided I, I want to serve the Lord. There's just something that happened inside of me. I don't know if it happens to everybody, but it did me. I wanted something more. I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted to do whatever God wanted me to do. I didn't care what it was, where to go, what to be. Nothing else mattered. All I wanted was what God wanted for me. And uh, as I look back now, 50 years, I wasn't such a bad decision after all. God's been good to me. Anyway, go back there to the book of Acts. You know, at this rate, I don't know if we'll ever finish the book of Acts. Look in verse 26. Moreover, we see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul. You ought to underline that word, this Paul. Because, see, this Paul was about this way. They kind of went together. This Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. You know, the man told the truth. He told the truth. Paul does say that. It is right. There is no God but the one true and living God. So in verse 27, So that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana 
should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. So uh, maybe they were concerned a little bit about Diana and, you know, the temple there. I think it was their money that was mentioned first. They were concerned about themselves and then this temple. Well, later on, as you go down through here, you'll find out that, buddy, did it cause a problem. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.